You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on the first mailbag episode of the off-season of the Chris and Joe show. We're getting back into just doing shows. Uh, Chris and I, over the off-season, we're going to be doing mailbags. We're also going to be hitting on specific topics that we want to discuss and elaborate on, project maybe some interesting things that we think can happen during the New York Giants season. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, folks. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening to the show. And also head to BigBlueView.com to find tons of fantastic New York Giants content. So we've got four questions today, Chris, that we're going to get into. Uh, Thank you for the four people that sent in these great questions. Going forward, if you have a question, don't hesitate to email it to us. Uh, You can also send us a direct message. You can send me a DM at Joe DeLeon. Uh, you can DM Chris at Raptor MKII. I know last season I had a ton of people send me DMs during the season and we weren't doing a mailbag. And I, I, I try to respond to as many people as I can. It sometimes is easy to miss people in the, in, the, uh, in the message requests. But if you have a question, I will try to get back to you and we will do whatever we can to answer it on the next round of mailbag questions. So, Chris, let's get to this first one here uh, from our cuz on Instagram. Let's say Tony wows us right out of the gate. Who's the third receiver, Shep or Slayton? So I think we need to start off by saying here, I don't know if it's as simple as just who's the third receiver, because I think if Tony does really well, they're just going to plop him in the slot and he's going to take all of his his reps out of the slot. It's more of a question of, all right, who's, who's the second outside receiver? Yeah, and I think just looking at that question, the initial gut reaction is Sterling Shepard, of course, because he is really the Giants' most reliable receiving option. He really doesn't drop the ball. He runs fantastic routes. He's tough, and unless he is injured, he's going to be out there making plays and making sure the offense stays on schedule. However, if Tony... It becomes that explosive slot receiver that I think the Giants are kind of envisioning. Well, then Sterling Shepard isn't that great out wide. You know, I I thought maybe he could develop into an Antonio Brown type wide receiver, but that just never really materialized for him. He, that's not to say he's bad, but if you're looking for an outside receiver, that's Darius Slayton. So I think it would really come down to what the best or I should say, how the Giants use Kadarius Tony? how he is the best on the field now. Is that just as a pure slot receiver or is that as that kind of uh, 
gadget offensive weapon that we've been talking about where he takes snaps in the slot. He takes snaps out wide. If he lines up in the backfield uh, stack or bunch formations. And I think that would inform who the third receiver in the formation is assuming they're running 11 personnel. They could also run some sort of 12 personnel with, you know, Rudolph and, Evan Ingram or Caden Smith or, you know, however they decide to uh, employ their 11 million tight ends. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that it's, it's not easily saying, Oh, Kadarius Tony's playing really well. He's going to be on the field all of the time is if he blows up in the first few games, I think it's more so we're going to see similar alignments to what we saw last season, except Kenny Galladay is going to be playing that X spot. We're, we're going to have uh, Slayton probably playing primarily the opposite outside receiver. Sterling Shepard has consistently been that slot player. I, I really think even if Kadarius Toney explodes and has a couple big games in the first half of the season, he's probably still going to be just deployed with more snaps in a multitude of ways. I, I really think that they'll, they're will they just going to try and find him ways to get on the field. They're going to move him around. I wouldn't rule out him coming out of the backfield because we saw that happen when he was at Florida. But I, I just don't think it's easy as saying like, oh, Sterling Shepard uh, and Slayton are going to be competing to be the other guy. Tony's going to be playing all of the reps in the slot. I, I think Tony, the way that he is as a player and especially as a rookie in a veteran group, is probably going to be moved around a little bit until they really designate and figure out how they're going to use him uh, for his career with the Giants. Yeah, and you know the one, the one thing we didn't mention is, and we did mention this when we talked about Tony with Nick Filato, is what if the Giants actually break out some 10 personnel, some four receiver sets? Then we could see Tony and Shepard both playing inside, then Galladay and Slayton outside. And this is counterintuitive to the old school mentality that the Giants love to show. But those really light personnel packages are actually really good for running the ball, which is what the Giants want to do. They really want that to have a run first offense. And then I have a feeling we might see kind of harken back to almost the uh, Tom Coughlin era of Giants offense where, you know, run the ball and then attack deep when you force defenses to try to uh creep up start playing eight men in the box that's when you that's when i think we'll see the deep shots to kenny galladay to Kadarius tony to john ross if he's out there and you know we could see some as a modern take on that 10 personnel to force defenses to get small and then you run the ball on the those small dime packages Right. That's another thing, too, here is if you have a group where everybody's playing well cohesively together, and that doesn't necessarily mean all four guys are over 75 yards a game and over six or seven receptions a game, like that's overly optimistic. But maybe Kenny Galladay emerges as that elite go to player that we're hoping, and he's consistently around 80, 90 to 100 yards a game. And then the other guys have big flashes here and there, and they're just contributing, and nobody's really having like a, a bad, inconsistent season. If everybody's doing well, there's no reason why if Jason Garrett is creative, which I know that sounds crazy to say <laughs> and a little bit <laughs> optimistic to say that 
assuming he's going to be creative. But if, if he's willing to work with the current group and the strengths of the group and they're, they have momentum and they're doing well, I don't see why you wouldn't march out there with four receivers. Not every single, every single play. This isn't college, but they're probably going to use that often if it's working. If they can get everybody on the field and attack teams deep and you have that as much speed as they have, I don't see a reason why they don't do that decently often. Yeah, I mean, if it's working and they're not doing it, that's that I think is when you have a problem. Yeah, you know, the NFL is just ruthlessly Darwinian. It's either adapt or die. And if you are, if you have a personnel package that works and you have plays that work and you don't use them, you're leaving yards and points on the board or on the field, and you're going to be dropping games that you either have a good chance or maybe even should win. And yeah. That is one of the things that gets coaches fired. So our next question, and I knew that this one was going to be in there somewhere over the offseason, so we're getting we're getting it out of the way early in the first mailbag. MikeX1421 asks us, how come Dave Gettleman didn't consider taking Justin Fields? So this is, uh, is definitely a loaded question. But I think the, the simple answer here is that the current front office and the current coaching staff has faith in Daniel Jones to be the starting quarterback for not just next season, but for an extended period of time. And what a lot of what you heard over the offseason isn't necessarily making excuses for Daniel Jones, but there was a lot of talk of like, well, Daniel Jones played the second half of the season with some serious injuries and he battled through it, stuff that most guys wouldn't be able to do. So it sounds like a, there's a lot of support for Daniel Jones. He's still developing. You can't really bail on a guy after his third year if he's still not doing well. Sorry, after his second year. If he's still not doing well after next season, and we've got a question about that coming up soon, that's when you start to have to at really asking yourself. But I, I think right now why they didn't consider Justin Fields is that they're just not ready to create that that chaos of competing with a, a third-year quarterback and a rookie. It's just, I don't think they're ready for that. Yeah, the, that is, we'll, we'll call it the the Arizona approach, you know, because they did pull the plug on a basically a second-year quarterback after a bad rookie season. Yeah, that just really isn't in the Giants' DNA. They want to give Daniel Jones a chance. They like him. I think... I think they like him on a personal level, you know, not just what they believe he could become, but just the guy he is. They they like him and they want to give him the chance. They're just all in on him. So I, I really don't think Justin Fields was ever really in consideration for them. Now, whether or not that turns into being a good decision on or a good decision process on their part, you know, whether or not they let their personal affection for him cloud their judgment and you know maybe Justin Fields does become another Lamar Jackson or maybe Josh Allen well I'll say 2020 Josh Allen yeah and that I think could change the uh the calculus and how the Giants front office is viewed pretty heavily yeah and honestly I'm you know I know this is it's cliche to say this it, hindsight's twenty twenty in a circumstance like this, and especially because the current mentality is Daniel Jones 
has shown flashes. Circumstantially, he had a bad offensive line at, at times. He didn't have Saquon Barkley last year. He didn't have good receivers. He was playing hurt last year. We saw most of those flashes in his first season. I think circumstantially, the reason why I'm saying, you know, like, yeah, we can maybe in a year say, like, oh, they should have taken Justin Fields. But the reality of it, the current mentality is, all right, we're going to roll with Daniel Jones, who might not necessarily become an elite quarterback, but is going to get the job done, and we're going to fill a roster around him. It's just not, it's just not on their minds right now. It's not going to be on the radar for them to take a young quarterback because they think that they have what they want. Now, again, in, in next offseason, again, we have a question regarding this. If things are really not working out, I think that, that, that focus shifts. But hindsight can be what it is when it comes around to that point where, well, yeah, they should have taken Justin Fields if he turns into a star. But you don't really know that for sure. Guys bust all the time in the first round. So if you think you have what, what you have currently and you think that Daniel Jones is going to be a consistent above average to at least, you know, like I, I keep saying the Ryan Tannehill kind of type player. If you think that you currently have that, there's no point in drafting another guy if you're unsure of the projection of Justin Fields. And I know there's just so much hindsight that comes into this. It almost seems a little crazy to talk about after the draft, but I, I don't think that the that there's really much that comes into it other than the fact that they were, you know, Daniel Jones they think is their guy right now. Yeah, and that, that is the tricky part of all this because with Justin Fields, you just have his college tape and he has a lot of really good college tape. He has some incredible efficiency and just tons of plays, tons of points and very, very few turnovers at Ohio State. But we don't have any idea of what he's going to be as a professional quarterback. We do have an idea of at least what Daniel Jones is. So you have to weigh what he is and what you think he could be against a guy where you don't know what he is and you know you, your best guess, your best projection of what he could be. Now, especially when you know the weight of the former uh, Daniel Jones being your guy, that is Dave Gettleman's guy. He is the quarterback that Dave Gettleman drafted. He is the highest quarterback Dave Gettleman ever drafted. Like he didn't draft Cam Newton. You know, he drafted Kyle Loletta, but that was the fourth round. Daniel Jones is Dave Gettleman's guy, and he's going to give him every chance he can. Now, the flip side of that is they have taken away pretty much all of the excuses if Daniel Jones doesn't take that next step forward this year. So speaking of him taking that next step or not taking that next step, we've got a good question about the 2022 quarterback class. We're going to get to that really shortly after this quick commercial break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So right now, Chris, I think it's pretty safe to say that if we're being optimistic, we're hoping Daniel Jones doesn't—he doesn't have to turn into Josh Allen, but has that progression towards being a good starter, somebody who you have confidence in, and you're not worried about replacing him after his third season. We're not hoping for Mitchell Trubisky being what Daniel Jones turns into, where he ends up on another team after his rookie deal is done. And he just progressively gets worse and worse. You decline that fifth-year option. That's what we're not hoping for. But in that negative circumstance, we have a good question here that I think is is worth recognizing. And we, and we talked about this stuff even last season when Daniel Jones was struggling. So might as well take a shot at the 2022 uh, quarterback class. Josh9 underscore 5 asked us, who are some good quarterbacks on the radar for next year's draft if New York did kick out DJ because of performance? So this is a, a pretty loaded 2022 group, which does benefit the Giants if they end up picking in the you know in the top 10. And hypothetically, if things don't go well for the Bears and that, that first round pick ends up being a decent pick and they want to go quarterback. That also is going to help them circumstantially. But the one key thing here that you, you're, you hear a lot and you're going to continue to hear is that there's not necessarily a key top player like Trevor Lawrence whose head's above everybody else, but there are going to be like 10 or so guys who throughout the college football season are going to be in the mix. It'll dissipate and will be a little bit more clear, but there's a lot of depth to this class that is going to really benefit the Giants if they're in that position to possibly take a quarterback. Yeah, and I'd just like to start by thanking Josh for giving us a chance to talk draft before <laughs> uh, January or you know, last year we got an early start on it, but that that was some special circumstances. So just, you know, thank you for that. Yeah, like you said, this is a, it looks like it's going to be a good and deep quarterback class. Uh, 
just the other day, Mark Schofield actually put out a, a really good uh, primer on the upcoming quarterback class. So I, I'd encourage everybody to go out and give that a read. I would say the two big ones to keep an eye on, the two biggest names are going to be Sam Howell out of UNC and JT Daniels out of Georgia. Uh, Daniels, I think it's going to be definitely be high on the NFL's radar because a he's out of Georgia sec school. If he can play well, play at a really pro ready level in the sec, that is a, that is almost a golden ticket to the NFL, but also his background. He was the same high school recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And he was the third quarterback in that class right behind those two. So He's got that pedigree. He's going to be on team's radar. So if he can have a good season this year and really show up, show out, and put Georgia in in position to really contend with Alabama for the SEC crown, that is going to be a really, really good mark on his resume. And then, you know, how he has been a really solid passer, really productive, uh, better than 3,500 yards last two years, better than 30 touchdowns. And a career completion percentage of about 65%. So he's got the accuracy. He's got the efficiency. He's got the production for all of that. So that, I think, is going to really appeal to NFL teams. But like you said, this is a really deep class. And there's going to be guys all over the place. And you know, we might not even have an idea of who the top or second or third, you know, we there will probably be guys coming out of this season that we are just not expecting right now, like a Zach Wilson. And honestly, that you're talking about some guys that could possibly pop up. You, you you named two more polished guys. I mean, Sam Howell is a little bit more uh, accuracy based. He doesn't necessarily have a big arm. There's some comparisons to Baker Mayfield in there, which is very easy to do because they both are not super big and have facial hair and are very pale. Uh, but the the other names that I'm really starting to hear some buzz for, and I know it's super, super early, any of these guys are going to be in the first-round conversation the whole year. Malik Willis out of Liberty, Carson Strong out of Nevada, who submitted paperwork to the advisory committee and was told that he had a second-round grade. And, and typically, the advisory committee will undersell you. They will tell you that you're worse than you probably are just because they want guys to be cautious when declaring. So for him to get that second round grade is is pretty huge. Carson Strong is going to be a big name to pay attention to. Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma is very, very talented. It He has the, the traits that everybody gets obsessed with at this time of year, which is being able to throw off platform, having a quick trigger release. Uh, you know, that just those guys in general, I think, plays into that that really really talented top five group uh, of this 2022 class and there's just going to be a lot of shuffling like Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State I know that uh, some people are very high and low on him he's somebody to keep an eye out for you can also you know potentially draw attention to Desmond Ritter who was uh, a, a consistent player last year for Cincinnati. Many people thought that he was going to declare, but he's probably going to be more of a, a middle-round guy. 
Uh, and then Keaton Slovis from USC. And I know that there's always going to be some negative draw when talking about USC quarterbacks. There's a lot of people who really like Keaton Slovis and think that he might be able to, I know we're, we could say this every single, every single year with a new USC quarterback, but might be able to break that mold of actually being worthy of being drafted high. So there, there are a lot of guys in the mix here that I think, you know, maybe if the Giants are picking around 20 and the season goes better than they expected, but they're really not okay with Daniel Jones, kind of like what happened with Mitch Trubisky when they made the playoffs over the past couple of years where they've done well, but Trubisky's played like crap because he was supported by a, a really good defense. If it comes down to that, they could still probably get a talented guy to create some competition in that quarterback room. So, Chris, our last question comes from Red Dog 1988 And similar to the Tony question, I think this is circumstantial rather than it being as straightforward as the question is listed, but still a good question. Will Aziz Ojolari have a strong possibility of starting week one? And I, the reason why I can't say yes or no to this is simply just based on the formation and the personnel grouping that they come out in. And they might have an intent to get Ojolari on the field a lot, but just based on how they start the game, it is dependent on if he's starting or not. But if we think that he's actually going to be on the field a ton, I would say so. What we've talked about a lot leading up to the season and after the draft is that Ojalari might be one of the best, if not the best pass rusher on this team going into 2021. So with the guy that's that talented, if he's healthy, I don't see a reason why he's not getting a ton of snaps. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that whether or not he takes the first snap of the game or any particular game, that doesn't really matter. But I do believe he will be getting, quote-unquote, starters reps. Like, he will probably be playing a significant share of the snap count, probably as early as week one. Uh, He fell because of, you know, various potential medical concerns and, you know, maybe questions about his pass-rushing arsenal right now because he does... You know, as we talked about a bunch with Nick, he really only has one move right now coming out of college. And that does make things kind of easy for NFL caliber offensive linemen. However, he also has all of those tools at his disposal. And there is plenty of time for him to learn another move so he can at least have a good counter. And so if he's got all of those traits, all of those tools at his disposal – and he's got the potential to be as good as we think he could be, the Giants coaching staff is going to look for ways to get him onto the field. They're going to try to get him onto the field as much as they can, and they're going to try to do it sooner much rather than later. Yeah, they're, they're going to try and get somebody like that on the field quickly, and it's not like last season where we had all of these young guys that – were late around UDFAs eventually got onto the field towards the end of the season as they were trying to get more more experience for them. This is more so he's a second round pick. He's going to be healthy. They're going to need some pass rush juice. If he looks good enough to go during training camp and during the preseason and all that, I really don't see a reason why that they don't try to get him on the field early. They're going to want to get him experience so that hopefully if things are going well towards the end of the season, that he's playing a ton of snaps. He's comfortable. And you need a young, talented player like this if you want to make a, a run towards the playoffs. So I, I do predict that we're we're not going to be in a circumstance where Ojolari is on the bench and we're questioning ourselves why isn't Ojolari on the field? Yeah, now I think 
specifically to whether or not he takes that first snap, he is the starter. I think that could well come down to just the health and status of Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. If those two guys are healthy, they probably at least start out just a little bit higher on the pecking order than Ojolari does, just simply based on how the Giants do their business. Those guys are the veterans. They know the speed of the game. They have an understanding and a familiarity of this defense already. So they will probably, assuming those guys are healthy, they'll probably start out, be the starting edges. However, that does not mean that Ojolari is going to have to wait for one of them to get hurt for him to get on the field. There is a good chance that he could beat out Zimenez or Carter right off the bat, but he's going to have to work for it. All right, folks, that is going to be it from today's mailbag episode. Again, if you have questions going forward that you want answered, either send them into our Big Blue View email. You can DM me at Joe DeLeon, DM the Twitter account or the Instagram account at Big Blue View, and we will get you those responses on our next mailbag episode. Also hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, five-star review, and head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Thank you, folks. Talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.